1: Welcome back to part two of the Unsung Emergency Mixtape. Emergency Mixtape, yeah. <laughs> Split Whatever. Uh, David is still on hospital duty, hopefully further down the motorway by this point. Yeah. Maybe
2: in a... Maybe in a motor vehicle now. Hopefully be. not an ambulance.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah uh, we are going to take a second subject from uh, me. Uh, this is kind of based on the fact that I keep getting asked sort of this and peripheral questions about touring bands partly based on experience and partly just based on a lot of shit that I talk about when I've had a couple so I'm just going to try and distill a lot of people's inquiries into one question which is what would be the worst band you could think of to tour with now even as I was answering my own question I realized there's a few different ways you can go with that and there's a Mm. few different criteria that make them good bad and otherwise the, you've got like mental like head cases yeah just fucking idiots y- you've got assholes you've got tiresome motherfuckers and you've got boring motherfuckers mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah Mark any jump out to you initially? Morrissey <laughs> I've got written in big letters at the top of my page, <laughs> with a wee unhappy face next to yeah, it. Yeah, actually
2: does. I can confirm that.
1: <laughs> Morrissey, sad face. I
2: think it would be both
1: boring and intolerable at the same time. What a fucking dick that guy is. Um, yes, I agree. Uh, I can't. I can't even imagine what it's like to tour with Morrissey. I don't imagine he speaks to you. Yeah. But that's probably the best part of it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe
2: it'd be quite good to tour with it. I think about it.
1: Based on the horror stories of him telling venues that the band playing in the adjacent part of a venue had to stop so that his show didn't have any noise coming through the walls when he was trying to make an entire theatre go completely silent. Just the the repugnant ego on the guy. Mm -hmm. That's before you even consider his plentiful, nefarious political views and stances on things. Oh boy, oh boy. He just sounds like such hard work. Yeah, it does. It sounds like... uh, it sounds like
2: you're like your racist granddad, isn't he, really?
1: Does he have any kids?
2: No. I think he's like also quite asexual too, isn't he?
3: Well, there
1: you go. Someone's been spared a racist <laughs> granddad. Um Well, so I kinda of put a few down, right? And I've I've got previous in this, alright. So I did a little bit of driving, um, as like a well, a road manager, tour manager and just driver for a few groups and had Interesting experiences <laughs> uh that would fall into a few of the different categories. One of the memories I've got that is stays with me the most was when my band uh decided to do a joint tour and joint tours are a weird thing. Joint headline tours mm-hmm. you're often in the same vehicle, splitting the costs. It makes sense in some ways, but it doesn't make sense in other ways because you get half the guarantees. And very rarely are the guarantees doubled. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like if you go away and play a show. Let's say hypothetically, you get two hundred and fifty bucks for a show. If you go away with two bands, you very rarely get five hundred bucks. It's like okay, maybe we'll push it to three. So yeah, you're now yeah. 150. <laughs> so things are a little bit tighter anyway on those tours. Usually, uh, you're cramming into spaces with more people. You've got more pe more cats to try and herd into the van more people to try and get out of their bed in the morning, more people disappearing just as you're about to leave for a piss and more people disappearing to get a coffee, more people standing outside smoking when you're trying to unload the stuff. Just there's a lot of ways that, that can really get on your nerves. Um, now, I have some very good friends that I've played with and bless these folk, they're really nice people. I, I think, in fact, maybe one of these guys might even listens to this podcast. So we're not going to call his band <laughs> their, their actual name. We're going to simply refer to them instead as Gothenburg 6. And that'll have some significance for anyone that knows what I'm talking about. But uh, this band, they're English. swell guys, we traveled around France and Spain with those guys. And one of the advantages of traveling around France and Spain when you're on a small tour, uh, as we had in a rider, was like, look, if we're in your town, please, can we try something that's from your town? Don't spend a lot of money but we love to taste the local culture. We love to like see what you're all about. So we would turn up at venues and people would put a lot of effort into like the dinners or sourcing the dinners that we were, they were going to take us somewhere to let us try like a, you know, even something like a creperie or something like that. Like this place makes the best in town. And that was amazing. That was like one of the nicest things about those tours. You really, you, you had a, a guy on the inside or a girl on the inside that would show you something from their town or let you taste something from their region that was like particularly good. And obviously when you're in places like at Bordeaux, you know, the fucking wine was unbelievable. See, so we were getting all these things. We turned to these guys and, oh my God, every night they, they were like basically wanting like a weather spins. So it was like you turn up and somebody would put out like a baked camembert with like garlic cloves pushed into it and some like fresh local crusty bread and then like mushrooms that had been picked and baked into this like weird pastry thing. And you're like, wow, this looks amazing. And they would just have these weird screwed up faces on anywhere we can get some egg and chips kind of vibe. And you're like, oh my fucking God, look at this stuff. This is amazing. This is so exciting. Try it. Nothing, nothing. You go to a place and they'd give you like their local beer or they'd have like a spirit or they'd have something. Uh, they'd just they'd go to the van and get their cans of carling, or like they'd get, if we went to a, a supermarket, it'd be like Heineken or something generic, something safe, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, we started to ask around at the venues. We're like, is this like a, a national thing? They were like, uh, no, with with the English bands, this always seems to happen. You know, they, <laughs> we put out the, the food and uh, they just uh, they want to go to the Carrefour and just get uh, the the Heineken and <laughs> <laughs> and the fenders crispy pancakes. <laughs> uh, it, it was really fucking odd and incredibly infuriating. We find ourselves really apologising, and the, the guys didn't mean it. The guys are great guys, but they t- they just had no sense of adventure. I've got I've got a,
2: a, a secondhand story to that I can kind of add into that. Uh, so my flatmate who listens to this podcast his name is Craig and he's in a band called Revulsion who are very very good and they just come back from a tour of Europe at the time of recording it's the start of the end of June and they were away at the end of May so very recently and they were playing in France with a I wouldn't say a well-known hardcore band but a a hardcore band are definitely on the rise just now from America they're all vegan and straight edge Mm -hmm. that's the kind of band you can Okay, this is this <laughs> is jumping ahead to one of my topics. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and as a side note, on this tour, he was asked by the drum. He was asked by one of the guitar players in this band, "Hey man, do you think you'd ever play drums for us?" He's like, "Like, yes, mate, I would, but I love beer too much." <laughs> 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 and he was like, "Fair." <laughs> uh, but uh, he's a vegetarian, and a couple of guys in the band are vegan, and a couple of guys are not. And uh, these these fish people went to really great lengths to to make vegetarian food for them. But they used butter to cook it, of his yeah. dairy And yeah. like, apparently, all the vegans were absolutely fucking raging, and Craig's just sitting there at the back going. Huh.
1: We, we had a, we played in the the south of France in a in a in a town that we called Fréjoux, mm-hmm. uh which apparently people are like, how the fuck did you find the venue in Fréjoux? Well, that is one of the most harrowing stories of my life, <laughs> and that is for another time. But uh, one aspect of that is that again, our drummer was vegan, and like. He was only just leaving raw veganism. Like mm-hmm. we managed to persuade them really? to start letting us cook lentils for him, you know. <laughs> and um, he got some great food in that tour. But we turned up in Fresno and we did the sound check and stuff. And the the night, the whole night was an ins- like a total debacle. Like it would take me about an hour to tell you about about it all. But. One of them was, we sat down, we're just so hungry, and they emptied a carrier bag of like microwave frozen dinners that all had like a little sticker on them saying two euros. And we're like, oh my god, what's this? <laughs> shit? And they, they gave him this one that said rabbit, and we were like, no, no, uh, vegan, vegan, and, and they were like, yeah, it's rabbit. They were, like, <laughs> they were like, what? And they're like, beef, beef, chicken, chicken. Rabbit for the vegan. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? And so many of these like little towns we would go and they, they, just the whole concept would seem quite alien and yeah, there you go. I hadn't quite penetrated. Talking of which, one of the bands I wrote in my list is Earth Crisis. Earth Crisis would be like the worst. Fuck me. Imagine worst, touring with a band like Earth Crisis. Yeah. Imagine... Oh, oh, he's doing his thing again. Oh my god! Be like when your dad starts talking about homosexuals <laughs> or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I gotta just get a rest. Fuck sake, oh, another night. It's a fucking oh, 14th The tour and I'm
1: still talking about this shit. <laughs> just tell the DJ to start putting sign on again, man. Turn his off between songs. It's fine. <laughs> Earth crisis, man. Imagine listening to that fucking sanctimonious bullshit. Like, guys, can we get through one gig where we don't talk about abortion? Is that okay? Can we just not talk about abortion tonight? Or veganism. I can not have you looking at the back of everything that the crowd are drinking. And just, yeah, I I couldn't couldn't fucking deal with that. And I am very good friends with vegans and toured with vegans and they're great. They're fucking really accommodating and really appreciative, especially when people go to the effort. But you just know that other people, it's a fucking, it's a club with which to beat their hosts. And it's just, I've seen it. Like we've seen it at gigs where people are like, dude, come on, we'll fix this. We'll go and get you something. Like that night, it's like, we went and got him something. He didn't like... Given shit but i yeah. been around people that have just caused such a scene, and you're like, Come on, man. Well, one of our own's a vegan, so we know there aren't. There aren't <laughs> no, I warned there, him. There, there, in there. fact, talking to him, he has sent us in a voice note, so will we see what David has to contribute.
2: We'll see what he's saying. Hopefully, it's something veganism.
3: Right, can you just imagine being on tour with, well, first up, the Libertines, or even worse, fucking baby shambles? Imagine touring around sweaty student unions of Britain to indie fucking twats in their fucking British army uniforms and having to share a fucking tour bus with a either skagged out or coked up Pete Doherty and his gang of nerd world and then you actually have to go and fucking listen to the music as well, the shittest, loosest idea of punk ever committed to tape, oh, rancid, twee, twite, bollocks, oh, oh just, oh, I can, if you say that, I mean he's probably no better now. Um. I saw that photo of Pete Doherty in Margate having eaten like a 45-piece mega breakfast which included burgers and chips, and he did it in like 20 minutes. I mean, I can just imagine the entire tour, the smelling of Pete Doherty's heroin and bacon sarny farts. Oh, anyway, I can't think of anything worse than that, apart from maybe being the drummer behind Dave Lee Roth's assless chaps, that'd be well, I know oh, he's got a pretty firm ass. Yeah, no. Pete Doherty and any of his bands, I just that's just the worst type of thing for me. Oh, I, I feel quite ill just thinking about it.
1: <laughs> get the the word wells is always a sign of a good post, but yeah. to get heroin and bacon sarny farts in there as well. Good, good work, Dave. I know you're still on the motorway there, but... <laughs> can, you, can you tell that Dave's had a stressful couple of days and he's just uh, venting <laughs> via the medium of the Libertines?
2: I imagine that's what being into two with... Uh, not for first... <laughs> I mean, you should definitely talk about that at some point as well, but I, th- I think that's maybe what being into in the early days of Nirvana would have been like as well. No. No, like,
1: not, not at all, man. Kurt would have just been, like, fucked the whole time, man.
2: Would been No, really I, I, I don't...
1: But As far as I can tell, I mean... When they were, like, doing, like, the bleach stuff and when they were doing the really early Nevermind stuff, yeah, they did they did a bit of drugs, but they were pretty functional, man. It was the it was the money and the sort of leisure that led to the serious habit. But, yeah, I mean, Dave has a good point there. That would be a fucking abysmal existence. I mean, you mentioned mm. Foo Fighters by accident there. Yeah. You know that Foo Fighters turned up with 16 tour buses when they played at the SECC? So yeah,
2: yeah, because uh, I've spoken about this before,
1: and it I could,
2: I could very well be Hershey. So or heresy heresy heresy, <laughs> heresy. To to to, to be both to Dave Grohl fans it's definitely heresy <laughs> it could very well be, be hearsay though as well but apparently the, his uh, family come on tour with him because he's a serial cheater
1: and Uh-oh. his wife is this you double killing the nexus it's uh, like yeah, it's, kicking it when it's yeah. dead
3: <laughs> he's dead stop kicking him <laughs> um,
2: yeah apparently uh, his wife and his kid come on, used to I don't know if it still does but used to come and tour with him because he was a serial cheater
1: yeah, did he not have previous about the whole the Winona Rider link with something to do with that, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. yeah. And I imagine they've all got their to own tour bus because you're the foot
1: fighters. Why the fuck not? Who wants it? It's, it's a fleet, though. He'll... I mean, that is a carbon footprint.
2: Yeah, it is a carbon footprint. Uh, um, but I, I was going to say, um, I, I don't want to be uh, promoting other uh, media outlets, but there was there's actually a really good interview in The Guardian, which was a couple of months ago, which was uh, of Pete today, like recently. And it's it's, uh, it's really interesting And it's really depressing But it's also quite funny Like the guy's still uh, He's still a junkie Like legitimately still is And he he has absolutely no qualms about it he Has no plans to change whatsoever Still talks talks about that hotel In Margate that he still owns Which is kind of where he makes His primary income just now And he's just broke all the fucking time Despite the fact You know I'm pretty sure he's making a pretty penny Still from Libertine's royalties But there you go It's worth looking out for
1: Yeah, I I don't know if I can summon sympathy for Pete Doherty after the whole kind of guy falling off the balcony at the party thing. Yeah. After an altercation with him and his bouncer. I
2: would have no sympathy for him, especially after the interview, but it's a really
1: interesting insight into his uh, his, uh, kind of thought process as to why he is the way he is. Yeah. Insight into Pete Doherty. Not high on my shopping list. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Other kind of categories of crapness. uh, The kind of boring... Tedious touring of like somebody like Coldplay and Nickelback. See, I don't think they'd be as boring as Coldplay. I get the feeling that Coldplay, especially because of the Gwyneth Paltrow connection, you'd have like the that kind of hangover of detox obsessions and yoga and smoothies and greens and some very uh, I don't know what it is I don't know how to explain it. some very sort of stock bridgey West End of Glasgow Grassroots waitrose hmm. uh just uh, some very pastel colored You too would be super dull as well I wonder what their tours are like though when they were at their height of their fame I bet they weren't nearly as good as they'd like people to think they were yeah. in terms of their behaviour
2: But when you mentioned both of those bands the, the thing that kept coming to my mind is uh, probably being on tour with the Rolling Stones it's probably really fucking boring now when they used to be wild but they're our granddads so
1: yeah i mean i don't i don't imagine it's touring in a conventional sense it's probably like they get shipped in and shipped out again you know they're <laughs> probably used to getting a helicopter back to their house it's just probably such a bizarre experience i think
2: between shows is just going to genetic stasis and then just get shipped to the next venue and
1: <laughs> get defrosted and put on stage <laughs> uh what is that But basically, rollers I know the guy that was the tour manager for them And they fucking hate each other Yeah I think you told the story way back at the very start
2: of the podcast yeah. So people who have never listened to the first few episodes Early episodes yeah. this is a good, This is a good story like, <laughs> you
1: did, they, So apparently they were about to go on, on stage And they used to just fuck each other over So one guy was like "Oh, when are we on stage guys And they were like oh we it's alright We're not on for another 5 or 10 minutes He's like oh have I got time to go for a piss They were like yeah go for it then as soon as the guy left to go for a piss, he went on stage and just stood there for ages with the crowd, like, booing and stuff, and then the guy runs out, stills up up his fly. Fucking dicks! <laughs> Fucking dicks, fuck's sake! Um, yeah, bands that, like, Faith No More, maybe, back when they hated each other as well. That would be pretty garbage. Who else hated each other? Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses. That'd be bullshit, yeah. That'd be bullshit for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like touring like... At first I thought touring with Shellac would be good, but I've met them actually backstage and they're nice people. But touring with them, it'd be like touring with my dad. A lot to talk about, a lot of interesting feedback about the world, but not the people you particularly want to spend three weeks in the road with because I think they're they don't I, don't I don't think they've ever suffered fools gladly I think they're just a little bit sort of jaded the yeah. whole thing and they're like it would probably get a little bit routine for them I think it would be a case of it's your dad playing cards again fuck's sake <laughs> <laughs> uh, Weezer we'll run away
2: together Yes, I think that'd be monumentally boring. I Aww, think that'd be the, the dullest tour on earth.
1: I think that would be one of those tours where the headline band you just never see them or meet them. You well, said uh, that yeah, about your yeah, friends' mm-hmm, band, yeah, yeah and mm-hmm. it's like not being able—all those stories, but not being able to look at Rivers in the eye and the, you know. But I had, I had friends as well that played a bunch of shows with um, Snow Patrol, and despite being invited by Snow Patrol to play the shows, that, and they weren't allowed. Into the area of the backstage by the management You know that Snow Patrol were. I've heard it. that
2: happen quite a lot actually I'm not surprised by that at all
1: It's really strange Okay there's bands like Bands that I can't imagine touring with I can't imagine when it's like tour with 30 Cents to Mars or something like that Because coupled with the sort of celebrity status Of Jared Leto as well It just seems like it'd be such a you wouldn't see them. They'd be ghosts. It'd yeah. be like being in the same building as someone famous and never passing them. You know, hermetically sealed, man. That's what I was. Hermetically, sealed hermetically, hermetically,
2: hermetically, hermetically. hermetically,
1: but and then bands like even like bands like Biohazard and stuff like that. They the kind of touring with a bunch of guys that are that macho, I can't really yeah. picture what it's like. The smells <laughs> and the atmosphere and the the, the conversation—like, what, what did Biohazard talk about backstage? Yeah, they talk about politics. <laughs> <laughs> they probably don't talk
2: anymore. Just like <laughs> going for coffee.
1: So yeah, that that really—I can't quite picture that. Black metal bands, I think. Right. So this this was a category that really stuck out to me. Right. So I remember my flatmate had actually toured with the band Dark Funeral, yeah, and he said that was an extremely odd experience, considering the the crowd were throwing lit candles at them before they, during their set. Uh, but like, what the fuck are those bands like? They, I mean, I mean, not the pretend ones, but the really the guys that take it seriously. What are they like off stage? when they're backstage and they're trying to put a bit of cheese and ham on a bit of bread <laughs> like how does that work if you're in a black metal band and you're you're like covered in makeup in the midst of a ceremony and really invested in this the satanism of the the occasion this bread this bread is too small <laughs> <laughs> it's that work it's like I have to fold
2: I have to fold the ham to go like, it literally breaks my hand <laughs> how, how did guar go for a piss before they go on stage guar
1: like, seem like a lot of fun man. oh no they seem like, great yeah. but when you go when you're that invested in the thing when like, how do you just go through the routine bullshit that you do before you go on stage like because anyone that's in a band go to the pre-stage piss well, the other thing I was going to say, almost everybody that's in a band that tours knows they need a jobby before they go on stage, right? I've, I've never been in that situation
2: myself. It's always a piss for me.
1: No, nah, if, you, if you've if you just driven like seven hours across suppose, Germany, yeah. you get to the venue and you've sound checked and it's shaking a few things loose that were nice and still on the <laughs> mind, and you need to get that out of there to, to enjoy the gig because you don't want to spend the whole gig with a turtle head. Yeah, you, really right? yeah, you really don't. You really don't. It's like, how do you, if you're getting into wardrobe how do you like oh fuck we're on stage in 8 minutes guys do have time to go and take a shit no because you have to get out of your giant suit yeah you know, like, or maybe they have a porthole do you think know.
2: they've got like a, like a, <laughs> like a shit rota when like you arrive at a venue it's like who Nobody's goes Nobody that regular like,
1: <laughs> nobody that lives on the road and eats bread out of garages and packs of salt vinegar McCoys is regular enough. <laughs> Unless they're squeezing it out like a puree, like toothpaste. Imagine it
2: happening though, because like it'd be one of those situations where you'd be so bagged up from eating all that, all that like fucking service station bread and <laughs> shit that you'd have to like take a shit because you would be able to fucking zip up your costume because be, your stomach would be so distended. You'd have to, you'd have to. Do you know what I mean?
1: Uh, it's vile. Uh, maybe they just wear nappies. Maybe. I mean, the Rolling Stones almost certainly were not. Yeah, maybe, they
2: just don't have bows
1: anymore. I tell you one thing though; it's one great, great reason to tour in Europe. Service station food is like restaurant food here. <laughs> no, no joke, man. We, when we crossed the border, uh, we went into Switzerland, then we went into Italy, and the food on that journey was honestly uh, unbelievable. Was same in Lavey, was, was, man.
2: Like it's crazy. A couple of places in Latvia when we were like where I was staying, my friend's family on a, a beach house. It was like an hour's hour outside of Riga. and uh, like yeah, there's just a service stations there, man. It's like a supermarket and a restaurant, and a service
1: station. Like what? Just incredible. <laughs> I've, Even I've, the sandwiches and stuff are just yeah. amazing. Like they're they're absolutely brilliant. So yeah, touring in Europe is nothing like touring in service station touring in Britain. Mm. Like in travelling up and down the M6, getting stuck stuck at Birmingham oh well, it's Greg's again fuck <laughs> it's certainly a, a world away from getting trapped uh, in Rose and Roses of sunflowers uh, off the west coast of France you know it's just yeah speaking of
2: tour food uh, I need to give a shout out to make that take records because Kenny his partner makes the best fucking veggie vegan chilli that I've ever had in my entire life and I'm not even veggie or vegan it's fucking dynamite
1: are we taking sponsorship now I don't know this... <laughs> Kenny you better be subscribing
2: Toby's <laughs> listening he's probably not listening Deca might be listening I don't know if he will be
1: Um, yeah, but I mean, on that black metal theme and talking about service stations, how the fuck does Gal go into a service station and ask for like a bag of crisps? How socially maladjusted are these people that are super into their like extreme metal and their, their personas are so devolved into these characters where everybody plays along with it live, especially if they're big earners, you know, everyone humours them. What happens if they get to like Swindon and they need to just go into the SO to (laughs) get a can of diet fanta or something <laughs> like that like, like how does somebody from gorgoroth go up to the counter and ask the woman for a packet of risla like how, how does that work the humil—like, because i've been with maladjusted people on tour <laughs> <laughs> speaking from experience is no fucking fun and having to stand there and cringe and want the ground to swallow you up at the counter as some social retard tries <laughs> to buy the most fundamental item from behind the glass panel it's just horrendous like how does the wee woman behind the thing react
2: well you know he's just sh- he's shuffling in with his, his fucking trucker cap on and his joggies do you know what I mean like he looks like a regular no guy no right. the
1: not of their true black metal that is the point it's real they never they, it's not they're not in character we covered this <laughs> this is them that is their life they believe in satan <laughs> right they are and I guess like the last category the obvious category is mad bastards mad bastards yeah being on tour with Mad Bastards. I mean, obvious ones... The Bronx. apparently, the Bronx are fucking, like, right. well
2: in so it, So the man. Bronx...
1: The Bronx, Mastodon and Converge toured together mm. and... Matt seems like he's a live uh, wire man. There's like. there's a lot of marching powder <laughs> happening there. Not yeah. <laughs> not for everyone, I might add, but definitely for the drummer from Macedon if you've ever listened to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so I think they have their moments. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean but they seem like good natured moments though. So they might be mad bastards, but they're good natured mad mm-hmm. bastards. What about just bastards? Like what, what was it what would it be like being on tour with like Motley Crue? Uh, have you read it dark? I've not read The Dirt, no. I did watch the absolute travesty of a hagiography that is that
2: film. <laughs> Nothing like that. Um, it, it does paint them in a, a really bad way no, the order of
1: themselves. But the thing about The Dirt is, man, they approved it. So well, they wrote it themselves as well. Think about On the shit film, that they yeah. weren't allowed to write in The Dirt. Like, there, there are so many, like, fables from roadies and things mm-hmm. of, like, pushing... Girls out of cars Yeah At the A&E thing That weren't breathing Because You know I'm not I'm not saying this I think that's actually on The do Specifically about Motley Crue But there's There's a lot of shit there About you know The stuff they got up to That wasn't allowed in that Because that is Yeah that's edgy But they knew they were Going to benefit yeah. from it Because it, it gave them a, a sense of notoriety well, That's what I was going to say Like if you've
2: ever read The dot, Then you realise It would be definitely Horrible people to be on tour with They would be like You'd just be just like
1: Awful What the fuck
2: is your problem Awful like, why are you such an asshole? I
1: mean, you know? if you've ever read The Informers by Brett and Ellis, I think that's kind of largely inspired by that eighties mm-hmm. metal scene and like the the excesses behind it. Imagine just being around that shit all the time. Although I'd imagine the, part of the problem is that everybody just looked the other way.
2: I guess. And everybody was doing it as well. Like if you're moving in those circles and all the bands were doing the same thing.
1: Not quite as nefarious, but probably more annoying. And and maybe in keeping with Dave's choice, uh, the Libertines would be mm-hmm. the view. Do huh. you guys know The View? Hopefully you don't, but if you know The View, they're Scotland's most forgettable export. Uh, this kind of like denomy, indie, snotty band that did way too many drugs, got way too successful, inspired a lot of really fucking shit little guys to follow them um, and just were obnoxious little pricks. And Still going. Somehow. But they're still going in that sort of semi-tragic way of taking mm. crap gigs from like... Music News Scotland and (laughs) shit. Like fourth on the bill at the such and such park fet and yeah. I mean fuck the view. Fuck the view all the way. But touring with a bunch of little douchebags would be oh such a fucking headache. Speaking of
2: mad bastards, no effects. They bad um,
1: bastards
2: Yeah so it's actually Really interesting man but, uh, The way that it kind of Panned out f- uh, For them like So when When NoFX were getting When they um When Fat Mike Started Fat wreck And when they were Kind of growing a profile Like Throughout the 80s And most of the and Most of the 90s as well actually Like Fat Mike was like Completely like Didn't drink Didn't do drugs And then when they'd finally Made He's a, he's a multi-millionaire now Because he's got Fat wreck And NoFX I mean they've never been A major label But like He's obviously um, made a fair amount of money off of touring like an absolute bastard for the past thirty years. He's mm-hmm. now just fucked up all the time. He's just like, really? uh, yeah, he's like, he's always. I mean, he, he's posting Instagram like, I think maybe about this time last year about how he was like, he had to, he just went to rehab for like his fucking his pill problem. But he's he's always drunk, man. I, I, the whole fringe Open now is like the only place but like
1: opioid type
2: pill problem. No, like yeah, yeah fucking ecstasy and all that, like all oh, right, the yeah. time. Um, and it's really weird because when he was sober, like uh, Melvin, who's a guitar player, he's always been a total riot. Um, the drummer, Smelly, Smelly, yeah, <laughs> you, can the, you can tell. You can tell. You can tell with the all kids when they started this band, right? Um, his name's Eric, uh, but I fucking hate that band even more now. He was, he was um like a huge, huge heroin addict, and like he had to leave the band and go to rehab, and he was being completely Smelly straight, the like, junkie, like
1: twenty, years, from the like, worst CBBS show,
2: exactly, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like being on tour with them back then was probably terrible because they were like three of them are nuts and Fat Mike was just like probably like really difficult to be around because he was so singularly focused but on making the band what? a thing.
1: What was what was the guitarist called? Eric Melvin. So Melvin, the guitarist, Fat Mike, and Smelly the junkie, and El Hefe, the the <laughs> <other> guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness
2: uh, and now uh, Eric it's now just death it's just Melvin and Fab Mike who are just fucked up all the time now and that just seems like it'd be even worse and the running joke they always talk about they even get a song about it called 60% it's like they only ever give 60% live because they don't give a fuck anymore because they're just making money now <laughs> which is fair but I think it's fair enough because you've been doing it for so long it's like meh nah, whatever He's, uh, put, he's put his daughters into college and all that shit do you know what I mean so yeah. and they never compromised once so I, I respect that in a lot of ways like never sold out even even like the biggest contemporary band I guess you could say which were close to them is probably Rancid and they eventually went to a major label never did it so yeah. I, I, I respect that but as a human being I have no time for him whatsoever
1: it's that on one hand and then the fact they were really crap on the other hand
2: yeah I mean the fact that I think that's probably another thing I think it feels as though he's probably like in some level Pulled the wheel over a lot of people's eyes because it's like, well, I'm not even that good a songwriter. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. You, yeah, You're absolutely correct.
1: Um, yeah, so I harking back, maybe I'd round it off to one of my experiences that I toured with a couple of bands that were Mad Bastards, people I really like, but Mad Bastards and people that I just needed a little break from after the tours. <laughs> um, there was one of the tours I remember driving overnight uh, between. Newcastle and Leeds I think it was there was a gig in Newcastle gig was a, it was great but it was a shambles and after the show there was a bit of a fracas backstage um, the green room was up a like about 20 stairs and I opened the side door of the van and then heard this noise and turned round to see the singer forward rolling down the stairs getting to the bottom managing to get up like walk out the door putting his fingers down his throat to vomit mm-hmm. everywhere just so he could make enough room in his stomach to then start drinking neat Buckfast again. And I was like, this is going to be a really long tour because that was the first <laughs> night. And we drove that night because we had no accommodation, which is another sign of a DIY tour. And we drove to Leeds and it was torrential rain and we were passing this lorry. And it was that way where the windscreen wipers are at their maximum and you're in the van and you're you're passing this lorry the spray coming off the lorry is making you extra blind and i am not i'm not blinking that's how much i'm I'm like staring and about five minutes prior i'd had this weird sensation on my shoulder and it was a guitarist resting his testicles on my shoulder (laughs) right and that was before we started overtaking this truck right and we start overtaking this truck and it's taking a while because the vans that you have on these tours are always garbage Mm -hmm. and just as we're passing this van the singer who's like in the passenger seat, but like two seats along, because it's a it's a three berth van. he's like, Chris, I'm like, not not the now, man, not the now, Chris. I'm like, just two seconds, man, two seconds. I need to get by this this lorry. Chris, <laughs> Chris, Chris. I'm like, what is it? And I kind of leaned towards him, and just as I looked, he hooked me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Why? He hooked me in the fucking face, like right on the jaw. With a with a punch, right, and the van immediately like did like the kind of little shimmy thing, and I was I had to wrestle back control, keep going. The lorry saw the van wobbling, starts hitting his horn, in that kind of like solid like
0: <laughs>
1: way they do. I get by the lorry, immediately pull in in front of it, and then pull into the hard shoulder. The lorry honks again. Get out the van, and the other guys by this point have rapidly sobered up. They jumped out the van and had to restrain me from grabbing this guy. And they're like, Calm down, calm down. Sorry, man. Sorry, man. He's just, he's had too much. He's had too much. It was my van. I turned around and he was pissing in the van. <laughs> and this was the first night. Tours like that have literally taken years off my life. Like, I <laughs> guarantee it. Like, I'm fucking man. I'm already beyond middle aged <laughs> because of those tours it's great you get loads of good patter but see the, see thinking back in it, it's like, you laugh but secretly like you wince quite a lot as Mm -hmm. well. I remember having a breakdown like a a physical breakdown in Manchester in a car park at about 5 in the morning because I hadn't slept in 3 days because this one tour went really off the rails and I was the driver, the only driver and I remember having like this intense panic attack in a car park in Manchester and then I couldn't drive after it because it was three days. I hadn't slept at all, malnourished. The tension was out of control. The band weren't speaking to each other. So I had to take a guy with a provisional license and talk him, like, get the car onto the motorway, get out the, the driver's seat, put the the, dr- the passenger in the driver's seat who <laughs> should not have been in that. I was like, just get in the, get in the inside lane and just keep moving. It's 5am, hit 60 miles an hour, do not move. And... That was I had to get like an hour's sleep to get us home. While that guy was doing that, it was horrendous. So yeah, there's a lot of ways to tour. There's a lot of shit people to tour with. A lot of great pe- majority of great people to tour with, but that mad bastards on a DIY tour where you don't have like a hotel room where you can get some space, you don't have any ability to segregate yourself from the the idiots. That's that's hard going. If you're if you're the sensible one in the band. That is really hard going.
2: It's something I learned quite quickly. I haven't heard as much as you, but I've I've done a couple over the course of my life, and that's something I learned quite quickly. Is that sometimes you just need to fuck off yourself and get space, man. And I think <laughs> I think a lot of people in bands don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, so the situation you're in, like, there's, there's probably a reason that bands not talking to each other. It's because they're they're doing this thing which is completely unnatural. They're spending like the, all of their time together, which is just not a human thing. Maybe. Certain things can be avoided if people, you know, went and just decompressed for a bit and came back. You know,
1: uh, the problem is, as a driver, you don't really always get that. As yeah. a driver or a tour manager, you can't just fuck off. I, yeah, I, 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 totally, I totally get what you mean, yeah. but I think a, from, from the point player, of view, you, you yeah. know, as a bass player, you can put on some noise cancelling headphones, yeah. pull up your hood, and stick your head into mm-hmm. a tablet or your phone or whatever in the back seat of the van. That's great, and people do that, and they, they do need a bit of space. But as the as a sober guy or the the TM. You can't. Mm, yeah, you totally can't. You're it right. takes a lot of restraint. It really does. Yeah, so there you go. Crap people to tour with. 101. 101. Don't, um, don't do it, kids. <laughs>
0: just
1: give up music now. Yeah. Go into something prop. Well, if you are going to do music, do like jazz or folk because everyone's subsidised <laughs> and the people you'll tour with will be so fucking safe. The worst you'll get is a friction burn from a nitty jumper when someone hugs you too vigorously
2: also don't do it on your own because it's really depressing
1: uh, being yeah. solo is, is fucking grim yeah we did ask Ben about that in the Blank Mass interview yeah cool well I hope you enjoyed that Split 7 Inch hopefully Dave will be back next week everything will be right as rain uh, we will be covering Public Enemy mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I yeah. don't know Mark anything to add? Uh, just stay safe out there kids stay off tour. Stay off too. Stay away from the libertines Stay away from the view And stay away from anybody in a petrol station Buying Rizla Holding a burning cross Night night